So we have with us here Nitin Sharma. Nitin is the general partner and co-founder of Antler India. Antler is one of the best early stage investors right now in India. And Nitin, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Bala. Thanks for being here and thanks for the kind words. <laughs> Absolutely. So Nitin, we've known each other for a while and I watched you and, and your partner Rajiv sort of take something from nothing to, to get here. And it's been a phenomenal journey in just like a matter of few years. But one thing, unique angle that you guys have taken, especially recently, is to sort of look at DPI seriously, digital public infrastructure. So before we get into AI, I would love to know what, what got you interested in, you know, in, in digital public infrastructure and general things like Beckin and Moin DC. Sure. Well, again, thanks for the kind words. I think we are very, very early. So, you know, there's, it's, it's a very, very long journey and uh, it's just the first innings. So, all of us have been fans of what Aadhaar and UPI enabled for India. And all of us have seen as operators, investors, the tremendous impact and the overall value creation. And, uh, you know, e since 2016, I think, you know, I was personally following uh, a lot of efforts to create to innovation around India stack. And, uh, and fast forward, you know, when ONDC started being talked about and, and uh, Sushmit on our team is, is sort of the one person who's taken the lead on it. I think sometime around late 2022, we started to really ask ourselves, what are the biggest moonshots? We are in the business of moonshots and Antler by definition goes one step early than most investors because we, we call our focus this day zero minus one to zero. And so we owe it to ourselves to take a longer view than many other investors might be. Every investor is, has a certain stage focus. So I think we have the responsibility and the luxury to take a seven, 10 year view of things. And when we looked around and really asked ourselves beyond all the hype and the funding cycles, you know, what are the true transformational moonshots where it may not work, but if it works, it could completely change the country and and create a lot of value. And ONDC, despite a lot of questions that were at that time, it was very, very nascent, stood out as, you know, a big disruption. And of course, we started to follow what was happening and started to develop our own thesis and did many, many hours of conversations with various stakeholders and put something out early last year in the, in the public domain as well. And since then, we've just been putting our money where our mouth is, making a number of investments with the you know, making DPI as, as one of the pillars for us. So I think it's a top three theme for us. So we've invested, I believe, six in five or six ventures already and hope, hope to do many more. Nitin, for some of the people in the audience who don't know the Antler model, sure. uh, it might be worth explaining why this is not just another VC in town. Yeah. So we are in the business of venture capital, but every day we remind ourselves that that's the capital structure. What we really in our DNA try to be is a platform, not just a fund, but a platform for people to start companies. So I like to say that we are not in the deal flow business as much in the, as in the company creation business. So Antler is the place where we want some of the most ambitious people in India to, to think of coming and, and starting their journey with us. What that means is at day zero, which is really our focus, day zero investing, what does that mean? Day zero means you, for some, it may mean that you have take, decided to take the plunge as an entrepreneur, but you still are a few steps away. You may not have a co-founder. You may not have finalized the idea. So a lot of traditional venture capital 
needs you to de-risk some of these things before the journey to product market fit starts. For us, uh, we take pride in saying that, and it's a very hard job, uh, much, much more risk, much more patience required to go one level sooner and say, we will help you find a co-founder. We have residencies that run and teams get created. If teams already exist, we will work with you. We'll be a sounding board in a short four to six week process to help you validate some ideas and, and so on and so forth. And finally, we will connect everyone in a very global network. So, so there are two distinctive things about Antler. One is what I just described, the platform and the day zero element. The second is the global element. We are just one part of a very, very large network that Antler has built, started in Singapore in 2017, 2018. So we're very young actually in the scheme of things. Probably the fastest growing early stage platform now, physical presence in 30 countries. And what that means and why that's interesting and relevant for entrepreneurs is as India is changing and entrepreneurship in India is changing, many, many more founders. I mean, you've been a person who's built companies in, you know, abroad. So you know cross-border and you've, you've seen multiple ecosystems. I think the amazing thing is more and more people are deciding to think global from day zero. It used to be the norm that you would spend five years in India. Then if things were going well, you would go abroad, right? Gen Z founders, experienced founders, Silicon Valley talent coming back. Multiple reasons leading to this imagination that why not think globally from day one? Uh, and that applies to AI, that applies to even DPI, that applies to climate, that applies to Web3. So we think thematically about these big shifts. And in any case where global is a big element, we, we think we are uh, a really good option for the best founders. And even if global is not the focus initially, then we try to help you as much as we can locally. Oh, phenomenal. And that's a good sort of segue into AI, because AI is one of those technologies which can easily transcend borders. Literally, it can translate into any country if you want. Does Antler Global have an AI thesis? Do you have an India thesis, India AI thesis? Yeah. And how have you acted on it? Um, so, I mean, you, you cannot be in the VC business without today without, you know, I was thinking about how many companies we've invested with an AI team. And then I realized that pretty much every company that we are investing in has some AI element today, right? A gen AI, of course, discriminative AI has existed for a long time. So I will answer that by saying when we started, our primary focus is the founder. So we are agnostic for that reason, and we don't claim to be extreme domain specialists. We, we try to stay true to the idea that our job is to be the first step for a lot of great founders especially in terms of a very early validation team creation, et cetera. We give you the springboard and then there are many more specialized downstream investors. That being said, of course, we've given it quite a bit of thought. Our lens was not thinking about what's our AI thesis, but specifically what kind of companies can now be created in India, from India for the world or in India for India. And that's been very interesting. And we've had some good chats and I've always learned a lot from those. I would say that, you know, no surprise, the way you try to simplify it is roughly the founders we see fall in three buckets. One which I personally would love to see much more of is very foundational things, models, and, and even infrastructure, but very foundational. There our question has been, of course, not so much can you build a chat GPT from India. Obviously, that's formidably hard. But what does it mean for Indic languages? What how, you know, Indic LLMs have to be, they, they, you can question where the value will get captured, but they have to be one of the biggest things we can do right now. 
and there, unfortunately, of course, I've, I've seen there's a scarcity of both amazing founders and capital. So we also know founders who are struggling to raise capital because those check sizes tend to be so much larger. And I wish if I had one thing to say to a lot of downstream investors, it would be, guys, let's take more risks. This is what this business is about. So we've, you know, we've invested, uh, we're looking, but typically those checks can be much larger. So we are willing to participate alongside other investors because our checks are modest in the range of like 250, 300,000 as the first check, of course. The second bucket is tooling and call it tooling and infrastructure. So I think that's where we have made uh, three investments. Well, um, one is a, a company focused on um, serverless GPUs, a company called Inferless. They were actually, they pivoted into this. Uh, another one around, you know, automation of API testing and, uh, and another which is still in the works. And then the biggest bucket is the third, which is the application side, which is where most of the action is. And we've made four, four or five investments there too. And I'm talking about one specifically with the Gen AI theme. Of course, many other investments, every product today is, is AI-led in some way. But you think of AI first when you say Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with a specific use case in mind. And in terms of coming back to your thesis, I would summarize it by saying, look, on the foundational models or infrastructure side, we think that Indic LLMs are a great long-term opportunity. And I don't buy the idea that there isn't value to be created. On the middleware tooling side, I think we've seen some examples of LLM ops types of companies or more testing infrastructure or, you know, deployability like inferless serverless GPUs, et cetera. And I think there'll be many more. But the third bucket is where I think we really have seen so many things and we try to now put more of a sector or use case lens. So I kind of look at the parallel of SaaS when it started moving from horizontal to vertical SaaS, right? When you went to vertical SaaS, what became far more important was not just the SaaS business model, but the founder and the team's ability to understand that domain. Hmm. So similarly, with so many co-pilots and agent types of startups, and I think where the biggest question in our mind is like, of course, where is the moat? Because everybody will will do it somewhat similarly. So we try to go much more in terms of the domain use case and the founders of the team's ability to understand the domain. Because so I, in short, I would say that uh, we're trying to sort of look at it more vertical use case specific on the application side. So if somebody is listening to this and they're looking at, my, at themselves and saying, hey, maybe I should do this. What kind of skills should they have or what kind of domain speciality should they have to say, you know what, I want to knock on Antler's doors and I think this is a good fit. Yeah. What should they be reflecting on? I think my first response is we are believers that, you know, great founders today come from any background. I mean, uh, just this morning I was talking to a team which has no background in one part of consumer. They're trying to build something for home decor and the team is actually from... McKinsey and a lawyer and, uh, and a developer. And then I corrected myself in saying, you know, we, these notions of founder market fit and founder product fit are also something we should reimagine a bit because great founders can come from any background. And also in our setting, many of the times teams get created. So my first message would be, don't hold back. If you think you are someone born to be a fantastic founder, if you have those fundamental qualities, I don't think something is dramatically different. I think you should approach us and you should apply and you should learn. And I think the best founders are just great learning machines. So you can figure this stuff out. 
and then maybe through our network or outside, you can find the right complement in terms of the founding team. So I don't think that's as daunting to go after in a startup. That's a high level view. Now, coming back to specifically in those three buckets, I would say clearly founding. I mean, I think most people will not be able to stand up and say, I'm going to build an Indic LLM company. Sure. I think you clearly need to have a very, very deep domain research knowledge and, and also access to the right infrastructure and labs and things like that. Uh, that's why there is such a small number of people in India who can do that. But I wish we, we see more of that. On the, on the tooling side or the supporting infrastructure side, I think they, they look a lot like SaaS. So I think founder backgrounds, not that different. It's just great SaaS selling skills, SaaS building skills can at least be a good starting point, right? When you bring LLM ops and all. Of course, the rest of it is to figure out the, the, the consumer very, very deeply. And on the, the third bucket, which I was calling the application side, you know, I think there, as I said, as long as you feel you can understand a domain or a use case well, and as long as you, as long as you believe that, you know, you can imagine what the moat can be, you should go for it. So I, I, in short, I think it's far more open and democratic than it appears. Anything that you are staying away from, any place is saying, you know what, that's not, uh, that's not what we're doing right now. I think, uh, I think on the, there are clearly parts of this which we don't understand. So, I mean, in short, you know, something extremely technical, something which is, you know, we've seen, for example, startups trying to focus on 3D. Mm -hmm. and, and creating 3D environments with Gen AI and all of that actually is an interesting problem and it's not something we are staying away from. But I think there are problem statements where it seems like, okay, this needs a lot more diligence. And I think at the end of the day, we recognize that we are building from India. Mm -hmm. So our lens comes back to where do founders in India have somewhat of a right to win? That's what I would say. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are, but we are thankfully lot of other people in the network who can guide us when we don't have the expertise. So I, I don't think there are that many things we're staying away from. You mentioned right to win. What does it mean? I think I'll go back to what I was describing. I, I, you know, I'll give you an example. We've, one of our recent investments, it's not announced, is, is a company that is trying to use Gen AI specifically for 2D animation. Now, now if you take a if you just take a, the lens I was describing, so you say, okay, Gen AI can now help you create imagery and content very quickly, then immediately you would also think that many people can go after this. So who has a right to win, right? Now, we've, we've backed a team which is actually looking at it more in a use case first and a domain first approach. So what they're saying is, look, they come from uh, a background where they've dealt with uh, thousands of animators. They're not AI folks. They're actually, they're building the AI muscle, but their knowledge of the very, very new, small nuances of how an animator works and how a 2D object uh, is, is uh, moved in an animation and why consistency of output is important when you use different types of models and their ability to then think of go to market. You know, those actually matter more because mm -hmm. the because because I think a lot of teams today have obviously with things like you know mid journey and chat GPT etc I think the baseline is already set so you can a lot of team teams talk about fine-tuning models and and that's table stakes so I think the 
what we, we, we actually asked ourselves, is this an AI bet? But we, we think in a lot of these cases, right, what would actually matter is, is understanding the things like consistent output is far more important than you saying I'm using a crazier model. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So again, basic thing of going back to the consumer and, and their needs. So the right to win essentially is, you know, because I struggle with this question of uh, the feature versus product mm -hmm. risk quite a bit. Like mm -hmm. most things end up looking like a lot of co-pilots. Every role you can think of, sales, product, mm -hmm. growth, marketing, there are startups getting started with co-pilot products. So the question always is, is this tomorrow, there are incumbents from the Adobe's to Salesforce and all, everybody is talking about their own co-pilot. So what's the moat? So I struggle with the feature versus product question. And I also struggle with just generally where the moat is. So I think depth on the inciting and on the customer, it, it comes back to the same principles like mm -hmm. of a company, right? that doesn't change. You still have to first make sure you're understanding your customer very, very deeply. And then, then you can start the process of building an AI first company. Mm -hmm. So I guess it goes back to your vertical SaaS. Correct, understand, I understand, understanding the domain. Because, um, because Indian founders, I mean, you would know this as well or better than I do. I think we were very bullish on vertical SaaS, the whole ecosystem. And there have been very few vertical SaaS companies that have jumped to 10, 50, 100 million. Very few, right? Handful. And that's because it's not about cheaper. It's about better. Mm. And the thing that ends up curtailing progress is the founding team has not been in the shoes mm. of those. You're building for a dentist or a veterinary clinic mm. in the U.S., the idea of building from India with one-third the sales cost, one-fourth the support co or engineering cost and one-fifth of the support cost sounds very exciting. But unless the founders have deeply understood that mm -hmm. customer, it doesn't scale beyond a point. So mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm kind of using that lens here as well. Yeah, I think it's a great lens to use. On a personal level, Nitin, what AI tools do you use? GPT, I presume you use GPT-4. Yeah, things. I mean, just tinkered with the hits with that and, and with Journey, etc. But no, I should be using much more. I, have not, I don't use as many as you do. But <laughs> part, of, part of the challenge is just the, the sheer volume of what we are inundated with. What, what do you use it for? What do you use uh, GPT I think for? I think a period of perplexity and, and I just... Nothing. I mean, I'm just using it for what everybody else uses it for. I'm just trying to understand how knowledge is being... Productivity. Uh, pro yeah, productivity for, for sure. But I think I'm just... I, I, so I think if you're getting into how does the VC role change and, you know, there is an AI stack, I would say I'm guilty of not being at the cutting edge of that. There is actually like someone who's written a uh, complete AI stack for how everything in, in a firm should be AI first. <laughs> and we are make, taking some baby steps in that direction, but you know, far away from that. Because ultimately, uh, what our business is, is a lot of conversations. We've crossed 40,000 people who've applied. Right now, we are selecting a new cohort, uh, some 6,000 applications. I think something like 1,500 interviews. And all in compressed in a short amount of time. So there are days when I have me and Rajiv and our colleagues have calendars packed with interviews. And, and I think more intelligent call summaries, sentiment summaries, and picking sort of the nuanced bits is, is how I can retain knowledge. I mean, this in the knowledge business, so it's not just productivity, it's just uh, knowledge management now mm. in a way that was impossible earlier, mm. allowing you to scale and imagine a very different scale than was possible earlier. So I think we probably, as Antler globally and in India, we are, we are trying to automate 
and use AI in as many steps as possible, but we, I think we're still early. Anything cool, interesting that you came across and said, wow, that's kind of cool. Anything that comes to mind? I mean, I've just picked the perplexity yeah. example. Everybody's it, talking think, about perplexity. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know. How do you like it? I think that I've seen both examples of uh, how it's, it, the, the output is more useful than what we are used to for a long time with the search paradigm and first five links and ads and all of that. But I also have seen examples where it's not uh, actually, I think there was, I'm forgetting the tweet. Somebody had tweeted yesterday an example where it's not actually answering it well. And I think it was live score. Somebody had put live score. Like, so if you live score, you're probably checking for a live score of a game. And you, I, I think something like that with Google is because they have, because they have dedicated product teams for any sport. Mm -hmm. There are people in Google working on cricket score. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think their uh, ability to understand inference, intent and inference is so much higher versus I think the perplexity result in life score was something very generic and not useful. Mm. So I, I, I think this, but look, this is a, they're very early. <laughs> 10 months old, so uh, not so bad. I, <laughs> I just find it fascinating. And I, I wish uh, we were seeing some of this uh, happen in India, but I think we are, I think next 10 years we'll get there where some, the next wave, something cool will actually be coming out of India. Hmm. Of course, the founder is Indian. <laughs> so yeah, one of the man, founders. Man, yeah. I think is a fellow IIT Madras yeah. uh, alum. Or all you, Rajiv, all you. Rajiv and me. <laughs> um, but speaking of that, where do you think, like if you were to fast forward, let's say one year, two years, so all the bugs will be ironed out, like the challenges we're having. Where do you see the, where do you see the landscape at? What, what will Antler... 2026 look like your cohorts. What will you be looking for if you can, like, uh, with the lens general? of an AI, with the oh, lens AI. of AI and perhaps uh, digital public infrastructure, not not immediately six months. You know, mm -hmm. all the teething troubles are over, but two years, three years down the road. So, so I think Antler globally, we've crossed a thousand startups. Uh, Congratulations! Don't big I was going to say it's a, it, it's not a vanity metric. I think it's uh, we understand that our mission is to democratize entrepreneurship as much as possible. Our our mission statement is make progress inevitable. So, I think uh, there is a reason why that number is scaling two x every year. So, um, so I think uh, we will have a very high density of of this network in, in, in two or three years. Uh, of course, we have to keep a very high bar of quality as well. I think India, I would imagine, will be the largest, if not the largest, maybe the second largest uh, market within our, our little antler universe. I think we will be at a, we will have invested in 100 startups by mid next year. Nice. We are at 52 now already. So, and I imagine that 80% of them will will have obviously some differentiating element which AI is enabling, right? Every, I mean, every use case, every uh, domain, everything we are seeing right now, the pitch inevitably includes like, well, what will be different is now the customer interaction will be much faster, engagement will be higher, retention will be higher because of Gen AI. But, but more importantly, I'd like to say we'd be proud of, you know, being able to say maybe 2025 of these are AI, are truly AI first bets. We are at six right now, so yeah. That's not bad. Six out of fifteen, you know, and Genia is just the yeah, yeah, absolutely, exactly. So a lot of them were done, but I think since last year, you know, and I think we would, we would, we would do more, many, many more. Sometimes it's a check size, like I mentioned, but I think as the dust settles, I think more and more people are realizing it's not just because you have an AI first doesn't mean that you 
need to start with uh, 2 million and dilute a lot more, maybe there is a path where you can start with a check size and dilution that fits well with our framework as well. So I would imagine 25 is a very achievable goal. That seems like it. One trend that I am observing is that the cost of developing software, where you need to hire an army of engineers, QA, test product managers, is changing, right? So one of the biggest use cases for Gen AI is coding mm -hmm. and, and product definition. So I am looking at startups where previously it used to take, you know, 10, 15 people, you can do it with three, right? Yeah. So, which I think bodes well for the democratization part because you just, you don't need to raise two million, dilute yourself, yeah. right? You can raise one or two crores, which is I think an antler sweet spot yeah. and, and just get going and yeah. own more of the company. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think we, maybe we spoke about it too. The fundamental notion of a business founder, tech founder, as the kernel of the company, you could even question that today, yes. right? So it has implications in the capital you need to raise, the dilution, it has implications in even when you get started or, I, I mean, how many great people are not starting companies today because, because they're too scared or they just don't have the technical chops. But we, we certainly think we solve that problem for some people. But I think in general, many more people, as you said, should be less daunted. I think the, as, as has been discussed, the getting in is easier, the scaling is harder. Differentiating and scaling is now much harder because so that's why that's why I was going back to the question of like differentiation more. What do you bring, some, to, the bring to the table? Some, your depth of understanding something, you being a learning machine, these qualities become far more important now than just your resume or pedigree. And uh, yeah, so I, I agree. And I think the other element of this is when I, when we, when you, were, when you and I were speaking uh, several months ago, when we started looking at the thesis, you know, one of the thoughts that comes, okay, IT services. What what things are in, what things has India had a right to win in in twenty in last in the last 20, 30 years, and that's a two hundred billion dollar industry. And what happens to that? And and so you also have to. Uh, put on a, a have an open mind about not just going after uh, dev tools and product startups even thinking about the services industry maybe there is a new type of company which we haven't seen yet uh, you know what will i mean of course infosys and and tcs and the likes will adapt and they are doing a lot on that themselves as well but what other new companies will come out because services are not going to go away the, the human element will still be important and you may have new human, uh, new types of companies around human oversight and and I think we had spoken about, for example, certain BFSI types of clients would still need a combination of agents and humans, right? So there are opportunities everywhere, including this, this disruption of the IT services part, so. Chamath uh, Paliyapatya is, is doing something called 1890, I don't know if you've seen it, but basically he's saying I'll build 80% of your software at 90% cost reduction. The remaining you customize yeah. for yourselves. Um, so I do think that we are, we are in the, uh, entering an era of malleable software, exactly. that's the new buzzword, where you are seeing this new age combination of yeah. IT services with yeah. like an almost finished product which is customized for you very quickly. Yeah. So I think it's an exciting time. Nitin, thank you very much. I always found our conversation to be very thoughtful and I always uh, think about it afterwards. Oh, thank you. Uh, and Likewise. this is, this is, uh, this is no different. Um, and uh, if you're an entrepreneur out there or even have been dreaming about starting a company, but you know, never got the guts to actually pull the trigger or actually jump in, you're always holding yourself back saying maybe next time 
but but this will be a good time and Antler will be a good platform thank because you because they, they you know the whole notion of matchmaking coming early and the global and, 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 and the global element so starting in India going global is a very very big trend so all you need to bring to the table is an idea or like a shape of an idea yeah and 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 then apply for Antler so, so um, thank you thank very you much. thank you so much it's been yeah. a pleasure thanks Nidhar pleasure